Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. We're going to look at uh, Esther chapter 4 this morning. And we're going to talk about the discipline of fasting. And I, and I want you to get a sense of what's going on. And we'll, we'll talk about it in the sermon. But the fasting part isn't to the end till the end of the story. And, and this is just one chapter in Esther's story. But we'll, we'll get a sense of, of the why uh, and what, what they were looking for, why they, were, why they fasted. When Mordecai learned that all that had been done, he tore his clothes. I don't, I don't, I don't want to give you just a little heads up. Uh, Mordecai was a Jew, and there was an edict that said they were going to kill them all. And that's exactly what happened just before this, right? A uh, guy by the name of Haman, we'll call him the bad guy, he was, he'd, he'd made an edict. He had the king's ring, and he had uh, complete control over what happened. And he made an edict to kill all the Jews, so Mordecai uh, found that out, uh, verse 1. When Mordecai learned all of that, what had been done, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every providence to which the edict came, or which the edict and order of the, Lord, the king came, there was a great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to attend to her, and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathak went to Mordecai in the open square in the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa to show that es to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence and beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal providence, provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law. They shall be put to death unless the king extends the golden scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go into the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are the king's in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to the royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews that are in Susa 
and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this was, is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word as we continue singing this morning. I thank you for this morning. Lord, we pray for this morning for those who are struggling, who are feeling worn out, who feel uh, the, the weight of this world. Lord, we ask for comfort for them. Lord, as we look at this morning's passage, we recognize that Mordecai, he was feeling the weight of the world. It was overwhelming. And he was struggling. And Lord, it would be, be easy to just say, well, it turned out okay, and yet we recognize that it doesn't always turn out okay. Life has twists and turns. And so, Lord, I ask this morning that you would comfort us as we hear your word. That you'd open our eyes, Lord, to, to hear and, uh, Lord, to take in uh, what it is you have for us today. That we would better understand fasting, Lord, in, in, a, in the spiritual context. Lord, that we would begin to use it to call on your name. Lord, help us to hear your voice to see your face, and Lord, to change our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And if you're a kid, you can run. Don't let me get in your way. I love it. Sounds like thunder. That's the best sound ever. You hear all that noise, Ken? You created some of that noise. <laughs> or you're related to some of that noise. How's that? There's another one. Good morning. So I got to ask the question. Did, did anybody pray last week? Yeah. All right, Lois is the only one that prayed. Everybody else, Lois and Lauren. Lauren prayed. Right, Lauren? Amen, right? I'm always right, right? <laughs> I need, I need more Laurens in my life. <laughs> I hope you prayed last week. I hope, I hope you always pray, but uh, I, I want to encourage you that uh, we're, we're walking our way through uh, some spiritual disciplines at the beginning of the year, this year. And uh, What was the first week? I'm going to keep challenging you. It's like a quiz every week. What was the first week? Meditation, right? We meditated, and we talked about what that looks like, not the Eastern idea of meditation, but really focusing on God, seeking Him, and trying to sort that out, right? And last week, we talked about what? Prayer, right? And, and finding ways to pray and being honest with ourselves and being honest with God and, and allowing ourselves to go in those places maybe where we don't want to or it feels uncomfortable or... We think uh, others will judge us. God will not judge us. Uh, there's just those areas, right, where we, we need to take our honest feelings and take them to God, and, uh, and it's a good chance. And this, so what's this week? Oh, uh, it's already up there. Good job. Fasting. Uh, so 
I just want to say that someone texted me yesterday and said they ate like the biggest meal in their whole life yesterday because they felt like I was going to call on a fast to the church. <laughs> Steve, all you did was gain an extra pound for nothing. <laughs> We're going to talk about fasting, right? And I'm, I, you don't have to raise your hand, but I, I want you to think about, ha, have you ever tried the discipline? or have you, Anybody ever do the 30-hour famine when you were a teenager? We used, to, we used to do that, and we used to, I mean, the kids thought they were going to die, right? It's like, we are not going to make, because you can usually do like 16 hours. That's sometimes we sleep that long, right? 18, 20 hours. But when you get to about hour 24, your stomach really does start to rumble, and you actually believe you're going to die, right? And by, the, by the hour 30, you're like, and it's in your head, right? You're in your, in your head, it's like, I am going to starve to death in 30 hours, and you won't, I promise. But we used to, so... This is kind of ridiculous. We used to break fast, break the fast of the 30-hour famine with all-you-can-eat pancakes. <laughs> and I would make, I was, I was always, I, I'll, I'll just keep making pancakes until you guys stop eating, right? We would, and we would have 20, 30 kids, and we would have, it was chaos. We'd run through the church and do all kinds of things. And they actually had, uh, more power to them, they actually had to do some of their fast during school. Because it would start and then it would run into like Friday night. It would start like Friday morning and it would run into Friday night into, into Saturday morning. Um, so we would, about, probably was like Thursday night at midnight to Saturday morning. And then like 6 o'clock we would, uh, we would break our fast. And, but it was a great experience, right? It was a great experience for us to think about uh, and, and to, to get a chance. Uh, so what is fasting for? Why do we fast? Wait, let me ask this other question. I, I fast about every six months, no matter what, right? Because my doctor's like, don't come in unless you fasted, right? And we're going to take your blood, and we're going to see if you're, any, if you're all right, if you're going to make it another six months, right? We probably all fasted for those, for surgeries, those kind of things. But what the spiritual, the scriptural piece of fasting, what do you think it's for? Focus on God, yeah. Any other, any other ideas, any other thoughts? Separate, okay, separate us from a routine, right? Because what happens after so many hours? My stomach starts to, right? And when I think about not eating, what happens? I really want to eat then, right? <laughs> if I, I really want to eat when I think about not being able to eat. It's kind of that reverse psychology mentality, right? If I, if I, didn't, if I didn't even think about it, I'd been fine. But all I can think about is that ice cream, right? Or, Whatever, chicken wings, right? Whatever it is, right? I want to share with you a couple of scriptures to, um, that are not the scriptures that we're using today just to help us to get a better definition. Um, and this is out of Matthew 6, 16. It says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. And that just reminds me, it, it reminds me about why I'm fasting, right? If... If you're posting and you're fasting on Facebook, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you. That's not why you're to fast, right? It's not it's not it's not the fast because of uh, because you're gonna get some attention over it. That is not why we fast. Here's a here's one out of Acts 13, and this is one of the reasons one of the things that, that I like to fast over is like the big decisions in life, right? When I have a big decision to make, when I when I was called to this church. Uh, 
I had an interview, and then there was a chunk of time, and I don't remember what the chunk of time is anymore, but, but I felt really called at that moment to, like, to fast that time, um, whatever that was, 13, 14 years ago, to fast that chunk of time to seek God uh, in, in that way that maybe I don't normally do on a regular basis or as regular, uh, to seek God for his direction. Right? And, th- and this is in Acts 13. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit came. And said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. If you have big decisions in life, let me challenge you. Fasting is a great way to focus on God, to to take food out of the equation and to to spend. When you have a a hunger pang, go go to God. When when you're in that, instead of having dinner, take time to pray. Whatever chunk, right? I will tell you this. Some people say, well, three days is the best. Jesus went 40, right? There's... there's no like. There's no set like you have to do this uh, for it to to work. A lot. Of, I know. I know people uh, for medical reasons who maybe only can fast lunch. They eat their breakfast, take their medicines, fast lunch, and then eat supper. I don't know about you, but I'd rather I'd rather be able to fast and not have to worry about explaining it to someone uh, or. Um, or like, okay, especially if you're at home and you're sitting around the table and everybody else is eating and you're not, then it becomes one of those like, oh, why aren't you eating? Right? So I want to challenge you that if you get a chance to, to try the fast, I want to also make mention of this. Right? It is not a diet. It is not a plan to lose 10 pounds, okay? You might if you go long enough, but I can promise you one thing. It won't be a diet because you'll probably eat your 10 pounds back. Right? It's not, that is not the focus of, uh, of fasting. It's not the design, not what God had in, in mind for fasting. Now, you will find that there are a lot of, I didn't put it up here, there are a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, intermittent fasting that, um, that people do now um, that's pretty popular these days. Um, and I don't know if you've seen them. I saw the charts of, like, I think I'm, I'm so old that I'd have to fast for, like, 20 hours or something. That sounds terrible. So... But this is not what fasting is about, right? So let's, let's get to the story, right? The story is the story of Esther. And if you haven't read the story of Esther and you, look, and you like soap operas uh, and you like romances and you like a lot of action, uh, the, the story of Esther is an interesting uh, book of Scripture. And if you want to get a sense, um, another piece of that is look for God in, in Esther. God is not spoken of in Esther, which is interesting. And, and if you want to go another layer uh, deeper, read Esther um, with this. It's a, it's a popularity contest. Um, it's a sketchy popularity contest. If they, were to, if they were to make a movie of this, it would be pretty racy, uh, even for today's standards. And you're like, oh, can that be in the Bible? It absolutely is in the Bible. Let's just, let's just for one second, let's just talk about why Esther is there in the first place. The king's having a party. And guess what he's bringing? All kinds of good-looking women. And it's a contest. Best woman wins. You can read between the lines. I don't have to tell you what's going on. That's what the story is about. But in the midst of all of that, God does show up. Right? God does show up in that he puts Esther in the right space at the right time. She has the right influence. And she follows God's plan to save her people. Very interesting, uh, an interesting book in the Old Testament. So let's talk a little bit about uh, fasting. And I want to share with you that 
it really does require a seeking attitude, uh, an, an attitude that, that really is pointing towards God. When, when Mordecai figures out that, that his people are going to die, it's like if someone made an edict. The government said everyone in Greenfield will be annihilated. That would affect you and me. And that's what happened to Mordecai. He said, they're going to wipe out all of the Jews. And when he finds out that they're going to wipe out all the Jews, that, that, and just so you know, when an edict was written, it was, it was law. It was done. It was going to happen. When Esther's maidens and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, the queen was overcome with distress. She sent for clothes for Mordecai to wear instead, but his uh, instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Mordecai was wrecked. Mordecai understood what this meant. It meant that he was going to die. And not only Mordecai was going to die, that all of the Jews were going to die. Instead, so he sat in sackcloth and ashes. How often do we do that anymore? Never. And a lot of people, like, we've even... We've even uh, minimized uh, funerals to the point where we don't have them sometimes, um, where we might have a memorial service. But this is what people would do. They would put on sackcloth, like the, uh, you know, the worst, like a, just a, <laughs> a garbage bag, right? And they would sit in the dirt. They would shave their head. Historically, they, uh, they would shave their heads. And they were in a, a time of mourning. They were in a time when, when the world was, you know, Everything stopped as they were dealing with the pain of what was going on. We don't do much of that anymore. When Mordecai found out what was going on, he, it says they, that they mourned and fasted in the midst of all of that. He was seeking God. He went, he went to God and, and was, was praying to God that he would change the plan. That somehow he would make a way for this to work out. I don't even know if you noticed, but further into the scripture, Mordecai recognizes when he tells Esther, even if it's not you, God will make a way for the Jews to be alive. He didn't say he was going to be alive. And in fact, he says to Esther, it might be you and I will cost us our lives, but God will make a way for the Jews. And if he doesn't use us, he'll use someone else. But in the midst of that, Mordecai was struggling with what was going on. He was struggling to figure out what God was doing. He was fasting with an attitude that was seeking God. And let me challenge you, don't, don't fast for something to do. Don't just fast because it sounds cool. Or you can tell your friends. Fast with an attitude of seeking God. Take the time to set that time apart and see, if your marriage is struggling, fast for your marriage. If your relationships are struggling, fast for those relationships. If you have serious medical things that you need to deal with, fast for those. If you want to fast for th this church, that would be awesome, right? Fast, fast for some a reason, for something that's out there in front to, to get God's attention. We've got to ask ourselves why. Right? Why, are we, why are we fasting? We're not fasting because uh, I know a guy who uh, who likes to fast like once a month, and he picks the whatever day of the week it is. I don't even remember what it was. 
Uh, this was a few years ago, but he'd pick like the 15th. And so every 15th, he would fast the 15th for, for a certain thing. And, and that was his focus. He, he spent that day, that time, he would fast that, that uh, amount of hours for that situation. If you're going to fast, make sure you know why you're fasting. Our attitude is everything. Our attitude is, is, it's so important to put our attitude in the right place. Did you see what Mordecai's attitude was? He was crushed, broken over what was going on in his town, what was about to happen. He understood the gravity of what was going on. Haman was going to take out all the Jews. See, Haman had, a, he had a, an issue with Mordecai. And, he, and rather than just take out Mordecai, he's like, I'm going to wipe them all out. I'm going to wipe them off this earth. Mordecai understood how, how detrimental this was going to be. He realized that there wasn't, there wasn't, he wasn't going to survive this. It wasn't like they could run far enough, fast enough to get away. Fasting is a chance to focus, to focus on God. We have to go with the right attitude, and then there's a chance for us to focus on God. We look at uh, uh, verse, I think it's verse 14. It says, uh, Mordecai sends word to Esther. If you remain silent, God will make a way. God will make a way. You and I, we're going to perish but God will make a way for God's people. Let me challenge you that when you, when you uh, fast, to focus on God. Every time you feel hungry, every time you feel that pain, every time you think about eating, every time you, I don't know about you, when, every time you go to the fridge, right, and look for something, and you're like, oh, I'm fasting, close the door. Every time I go to the, the cupboard where the snacks are at, like, ooh, snacks. No, close the door. Focus on God. Take the time to focus on Him. See, I think all too often we want to just kind of be in the middle of everything. We just kind of want to be like one leg on, on this side of the fence and one leg on this side of the fence. And I think fasting really does force us to go one way or the other, right? If we're fasting, we're really going to be focused on God because that's what's on our minds in the midst of that. We do it intentionally. Matthew 6.24 reminds me of this. No one can serve two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. This, one, this verse says you cannot serve God and money. You can, you can cross off the money and put whatever, right? You, you cannot serve God in power. You, know, you cannot serve God in people. You cannot you're, there's, there's, pick, pick your poison. Pick your problem and, and enter it in there. You cannot serve God in pride. Doesn't matter what it is. This this is uh, this is just says tells us about money, but there's a lot more things than money. Focus on God. Take take those that time and spend it with Him. Maybe we spend a little more quiet time 
when we're fasting. Maybe we go for a walk when we're fasting. Maybe, maybe we take some time in our prayer closet and take our, our, our struggles of this world with us. When you're fasting, watch God work. Anybody like to see when God works? Anybody like that? I like that. I was looking at some journals this week, my wife's journals, and uh, I've, I've told the story a few times, but my kids uh, tried to get, uh, tried to have a baby for like three years, and uh, they did in vitro a bunch of, uh, three times, a bunch of times, I don't know how many times, it doesn't matter, and nothing happened, didn't work, couldn't get pregnant, and they got angry and frustrated, which I would too, right, that, it hurts, it hurts. And in the midst of that, in my, I was looking th- through those journals and I found this, uh, this page and it said strategic prayer for, you're going to laugh, uh, for Popsicle. Well, Popsicle was my granddaughter's name for the baby <laughs> before we knew whether it was a boy or a girl. We didn't know the name, right? We didn't have a name, so it was Popsicle. And so in the journal, it says strategic prayer for Popsicle, right? And, and number one was like that, that she wouldn't miscarry. And then my wife went back on the on the right hand side, and um, she was she was faithful to do this, which blows my mind. She wrote uh, in a different pen. She wrote answered, and then she put the date next to it. And the, and the next one was that um, that that he would go to term, right? And it was answered and a date. That he would be healthy, and then it was answered and a date. Uh, that he would grow strong, right? And uh, that one will be answered. But I, it was just powerful to me to see God working in the midst of the time, right? It's easy like, to look at the Esther story and say, don't worry, Mordecai, it's all going to turn out perfect, right? And I can tell you, don't worry, guys, it's all going to turn out perfect, God is in control, but when you're in the middle of it, it's not that easy, right? And it's not that fun, and, and it is a struggle, and that's where, to me, that's where we, we have to go and we have to watch God work. We have to focus on, on, uh, on God and then allow Him to work and recognize that He's worked yesterday, and He worked last week, and He worked last month, and He worked last year. And that just speaks volumes about what He's going to do tomorrow. And he's going to do next week and next month and next year. And I, I, I'm not telling you that because I have it all figured out. I'm going to be completely honest, right? I don't have it all figured out. And some days I get frustrated in that. And some days I, I, want, him to get, I want him to hurry up. Because you know, remember I told you I wasn't a real patient person. So he needs to hurry up like yesterday. It needs to be done yesterday. We have to watch God work. And what we see in this passage is that Esther, in the midst of this, she calls for a fast of the Jewish people for three days. And she says, not only am I asking you to fast, I'll fast too. And when that fast is over, I'm going to the king. Even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Do you understand? I don't think you understand the the cultural situation. So let me help you understand it. 
I didn't know what kind of picture it would be nowadays because we're so far culturally away from uh, a king. Even like in Great Britain where there's a queen, it's, it's really not uh, this situation. The king in those days had ultimate power. Ultimate power. She had no power at all. She wasn't joking when she said, listen, if he doesn't call me into, this, into, his, uh, into his room and he doesn't want me there, all he has to do is say, off of their head. She's done. She had no power, no control. There was not even, and he was the ultimate authority. He made all of those decisions. So when she, when she said, if I perish, I perish, there was a good chance that if the king didn't like her or if, if he had a bad day or he was just mad or whatever. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did have those. You're right. He had those. Yeah, he would take people out, right? And mind you, remember some of these kings were, they were very much uh, ego-driven uh, and sometimes maniacs. They would kill their own family members. They would, get, they would be afraid of their brother who, if their brother would have taken them out, would now be in control. So you know what they did? They killed their own family. We don't, we don't really live in that mindset this days, these days. But that's the reality. They would, he, he had ultimate control and power. She had nothing. And yet, she decided, she made the, the reality to go and, and put this in front of him. And if you don't know that story, I want to challenge you. Read Esther, you know, you can read, I've given you a little bit of the background, you can read backwards, but you can read from like uh, four we read today, five, six, seven, and eight, uh, really do talk about, so she has a feast and, um, she, you know, she has this, this kind of like a strategy, I guess, uh, after she had fasted, she, she had all this uh, stuff laid out, and, and she w- walks that through. And we're not in this, past, in this scripture today, uh, but I want to share with this with you, because we get all the way to chapter 8 of Esther, and it says, In those letters the king granted the Jews uh, who were in every other city to gather themselves together and defend themselves and destroy and kill and, and, uh, and to cause to perish all those power of the people and the providence that would assault them their little ones, and to plunder their possessions. So Esther goes in, and she takes care of business. She gets, she gets the king to protect the Jews. In the midst of all that, there's a lot of plot twists. <coughs> Not something we have this morning, time for this morning. But I would encourage you uh, to read Esther. Uh, it's a great, great book. But at the end of the day, what we see is that Esther and the Jews of that time took fasting very seriously and for a very serious reason. And in the midst of that, God worked. And so let me challenge you that maybe, maybe if you haven't fasted or you haven't tried that spiritual discipline, maybe it's time to try that spiritual discipline. Maybe it's time for you to try and see how powerful it can be. In the midst of all this, 
Fasting saved the Jewish community from this king. Now, I, I believe like Mordecai, that God would have protected them somehow even if they took out all those Jews. We see in Scripture that from the very beginning, very early on, that God protected, even with a remnant, right? We call it a remnant at times. They were really, the, the, the group of Jews would get small. And we see it today, right? We still see it today. God protecting the Jews, His chosen people. This is, you know, we're, we're a lot of years away from Esther. And God's still protecting His people. Maybe it's, maybe it's time for you to, to stop long enough and, and to seek God in your own life. Maybe you don't even know who he is. Maybe, maybe you just showed up this morning like, eh, let's go to church. I want to encourage you that, that we follow Jesus for a reason, right? This is the Old Testament. So this is, this is God's people looking forward. And now we, we recognize God uh, sent his son, Jesus um, him, God incarnate to the, to the flesh and blood to this earth for one reason, to be the once and for all sacrifice. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you this morning. There's an opportunity. There's an opportunity when the offering comes up uh, to come and I'd love to pray with you or at least talk about it. If you want to talk about it afterwards, I'll be in the back. There are other, there are uh, leaders, the praise team, any of those guys, there are a bunch of uh, deacons, deaconesses, uh, leaders of this church who'd love to talk to you about faith. If you don't know who Jesus is, other than maybe just a nice name uh, of a guy who walked this earth at one point, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for today. I thank you for this morning and for the opportunities you put in front of us. Lord, there are those moments in our life, we, if we look back, we recognize those, those really big, important moments in our life. And Lord, we recognize that you have been moving and that you are moving and that you will continue to move. Lord, I pray this morning for those uh, who maybe have not met you this morning. Lord, may they seek you with all they have. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling today, those who may feel worn out, like the world is pretty heavy. Lord, I ask that you give them comfort. Lord, I pray that you'd put people in front of them who will encourage them. Lord, we thank you for your love and your care, for the way you um, have treated us and continue to treat us no matter uh, good <coughs> or bad we have been, Lord. I pray that uh, I'm reminded that uh, as far as the, ocean, uh, the east is from the west, so far are the sins in our life. You have removed those sins through the blood of Jesus. Thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen.